In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There was a, a famous comedian who was told a story about uh, just about a kid whose whose father raised him up to play football. From the time he basically could walk and run, took him out to the yard and threw the ball with him, got him to come at him and to tackle him, said, "Come here, son," and 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 would knock him down and push him down and encourage him. He'd throw the ball, he'd go out with him week after week after week. He went to all his, his practices and games. He'd sit in the high school and his son would run up and down the field and he'd cheer and he'd tell people, that's my son. That's my son. They score the touchdowns. He's finally grew up, got big, got strong. Uh, with the father's encouragement, he went off to, to college and right there in his first game, runs down the field and scores the winning touchdown, takes off his helmet, looks into the camera and says, Hi, Mom. <laughs> sort of wonder if Joseph feels like that occasionally. <laughs> Poor Joseph. He gets a little bit short-shrifted. He gets short-shrifted even in the Episcopal Church in the lectionary where we don't do Christmas stuff during Advent. But meanwhile, our reading says... This is the account of how Jesus was born. It sounds awfully Christmassy to me, if I do say so. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. But it's not the good Christmas story. It's not the Charlie Brown Christmas story. It's not the angels and shepherds and Bethlehem and all that kind of Christmas story. This is just the boring Christmas story that talks about God being with us. Um, and that God will be with us always. And so we have um, in, this, in this passage, though, a good opportunity to look at, not just look at Joseph, but um, to look at Ahaz. So we have, we have two, um, two people who are in the lineage of Jesus, right? Who, um, when we... If, we skipped the genealogy. I'm sorry. I know you all wanted to read the first, the first 17 verses of Matthew's Gospel with all the genealogy. We skipped all that. But we have Ahaz. He's up there in verse 8 or, or 9. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. So here we have Ahaz, who we just read about in, in um, Isaiah's Isaiah's reading, in the Old Testament reading. And Ahaz is, is um, he's very concerned right now. Uzziah, if, if you remember that part in, in Isaiah that we read all the time, in the year that King Uzziah died, blah, 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 all that, you know, the, the holy, 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 that's where we get all the holy, 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 and here I am, send me. That's, we read that passage all the time. Well, Ahaz was his son. So there was political upheaval, and so now all of a sudden we've got this kid who doesn't really know much, and he's worried about the northern kingdom of Israel and Samaria sort of joining forces and coming together with Assyria and, and taking them out. So he starts taking money out of the temple treasury and sending it to the king of Assyria. And so now Isaiah's gone to tell Ahaz, don't do that. But basically, just trust. It'll all be all right. Just trust. In God, and we come in today 
Um, in, the, in the passage right before where we came in was, um, which is which is important. The very least, it's important for the sermon. If it's not important before that, it's all. I mean, everything that goes before is important. But it says, the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resident. With 65 years, Ephraim will be, will be shattered from being a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria, the sons of Ramelia, will be shattered. So all these people that you're worried about now, within you know, a couple generations, they're not even, even going to exist. He says, if you're not firm in faith, you'll not be firm at all. If you're not firm in faith, then you're not firm at all. That is, you can't, you can't separate things religiously and politically, as we're wont to do, um, right? But, but for us, at least as, as, as Christians, you know, if you're not firm in your faith, it doesn't, it doesn't work that you could just be, I have my religious life, and then I'm going to go live my other life out here and do sort of whatever I want. Right? Your faith is intertwined with the ways that we live. And so again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. And Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Which is always a good thing. This is, this is called just knowing a little bit about religion. Enough about religion to be dangerous, right? Where... I'm not going to put God to the test, but you're not supposed to put God to the test, unless God's the one asking you to put God to the test, in which case now you have a free pass. And, and not only can you put God to the test, it says, go ahead, ask whatever you want, as deep as Sheol, as high as heaven, you know, the sky's the limit, whatever you want, whatever miraculous thing that you think is going to happen. And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? Because... I've already made up my mind. My best way is to set gold to Syria, um, and that will save me. And Isaiah said, "Well, therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall continue, conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And if she'll eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, and before the boy knows how to refuse evil and choose the good, the land of which these two kings you dread will be deserted. That is." By the time this son, by the time this child is 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 born, all, you won't know any of them will remember these two kings, which is very true, right? This is this is the sign that um, that we read about then today in in Matthew's gospel, that same sort of sign. So we have Ahaz on the one hand, um, who a, a person who is a descendant of David, who is the, the ruler of Israel, who is the one um, who is supposed to emulate what faith in, in God is, um, to be the one who, who is to prepare Israel for the Messiah, and all of those things, um, and is failing. Right? Not only is he not, he's not firm, and basically God says, you're, if you're not firm in this, you're not firm in anything, um, Firmness or the lack of, of, of unbelief basically is going to yield to, to political un instability as much as anything else as well. And instability just in general. Which brings us to Joseph today. Um, Joseph, for, for whatever reason, recently it seems like people have 
that, that Joseph's gotten, I don't know, say he got a, a bad rap, but he's getting like a little bit of a bad rap for not instantaneously believing Mary. Seems a little unfair. I mean, to me, pretty much since the history of mankind has happened, the way that you have babies happens in a certain way. And if the person that you're betrothed to is pregnant and you didn't have anything to do with it, then you might be a little bit suspicious, I feel like. I, I don't really think this is a, a negative fault of, of Joseph. In fact, we hear all these things about Joseph next, which is Joseph was righteous and just and unwilling to put her to shame. I mean, the, the, at least, I don't know if it was really happening so much by New Testament times, but, but in earlier times, if this, if this was the case, she put to shame, she could have been stoned to death. That was sort of the punishment. But Joseph didn't want that to happen to her. Um, and resolved to divorce her quietly. But um, as he was still contemplating all these things, so he's still contemplating all these things, he's still wrestling with all that's been taking place, which is probably more than you could say for someone like, for instance, me, who might have already figured out that this is ridiculous. Um, an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream. And, and so this is not me saying this. St. John Chrysostom, who's, who's one of the very, very, very smart um, early church fathers in the fourth century, uh, said, we have the, saint, the prayer of St. Chrysostom in our prayer book, if you read morning prayer, but um, said, so, so willing was Joseph to believe that he didn't need it, even need an angel to come to him in person, but could just come to him in a dream. And I thought, that's that's really remarkable. Because we have angels showing up all the time, not all the time, but occasionally, right through through the Bible, there's <coughs> angels appearing here and there every now and again. But they always appear to you while you're like alert and awake. Like Jacob wrestling with the angel wasn't like a dream. Joseph so willing to believe Mary that that an angel just appears to him in a dream. And we 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 remember we keep reading when the angel appears to, to Joseph in another dream, and they flee to Egypt because Herod's trying to kill Jesus. So two times Joseph sort of responds in this in this faithful obedience. Um, which, which is a, a direct contrast to Ahaz because his, his faith is firm and that firmness bring, leads to stability. Stability in not just his life, but the life of Mary and the life of Jesus. And stability in, in, by Joseph naming Jesus, now his, his lineage in the line of David is, is secure as well. Um, Joseph names the child, which basically means he, he, he's pledging his inheritance on behalf of God in this case, right? But the natural father, he's taking on those rights, not for himself, but for, for, for Jesus and 
his heirs, you know, which is all of us, really, right? But it's a remarkable, remarkable passage of, of faith and, and trust that, that, that brings forth um, the beginning of salvation, which is what Matthew's laying out. God is with us. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Emmanuel, God is with us, is, is here to come to save. Jesus, I mean, God saves. But, but salvation begins not on the cross, not in the resurrection. It begins here with God coming into the world to dwell with God's people to bring forth a new kingdom of, of peace and justice and love and redemption. And it's amazing. And this, this passage that begins with, with um, God is with us, the whole, the whole Gospel of Matthew ends with and lo, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. So this is the message throughout this whole gospel. God has come to dwell with mankind, to bind things earthly and heavenly once and for all. And in Joseph, we have that example of, of what it is, um, it is to be a disciple what it is to be a part of this new radical kingdom, this new life of God bursting forth into the world. It's to accept those signs that God give us. God says, I'll give you something as, as a sign, as deep as shale or as high as heaven. This is a pretty big one, right? this sign that God gives. And Joseph receives and firmly believes, responds and acts. And this is what we're invited to do. Not just during Advent and Christmas, but each and every day to, to live firmly and holy in the fact that God has come to dwell in us and invites us into this radical new life of love and peace and justice and joy. And that when our foundation in our faith is firmly rested in God, then God promises to be firm in our lives. Which doesn't mean we won't face hardship, right? That's not what it means. It means that that the confidence and the, and the power of the Spirit of God living within us strengthens us, guides us, keeps us firm, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, even in the midst of hardship, that brings us joy and strength even in the midst of sorrow and pain. And this is the, the power and grace of, of God that, that fills us and flows in us. Um, and as we've lit the love candle this week, this is God's love 
that's come to dwell in us, to live with us, to be here. Um, that there's that that great carol that oftentimes we sing, um, at least in one of the Sundays around Christmas. Love came down at Christmas. Right, that's what this is. Love has come down uh, to dwell with us and to be with us and to live with us. Um, and that's a powerful aspect of the glory of who God is. Amen.